0: I am unashamed. What about you? To use some of Jace's, uh terminology, you know, when, when, when Jesus arrived via the virgin birth, which had been prophesied about. Yep. So here comes God in 700 flesh. years earlier. Yeah. So Jesus is here, and, and the wait... The wait had been about roughly 5,000 years, by my count, from the original prediction, somebody, the seed of a woman, will crush Satan. Genesis 3.15 is what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. Well, right. you, you and you look at these events as they begin to unfold from four different writers. Now, four different writers, but I notice one thing is throughout the whole thing, because we live in a culture now where they say, well, that's, you, that's your truth, I have my truth. Well, what what we're seeing here is one individual who ever lived on any issue, he keeps saying, like in John 21, uh, over about 18, I tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. So I think the argument to the, the truth crowd, we have our truth, you have yours, we say one difference. Our truth it's thousands of years in the making, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Where, where? How far back does yours date? You see what I'm saying? Yeah.
1: To to a uh, hundred years and, ago, and to, they well to Marxism or to whatever it is. That's right, right. I mean, they run it back to their
0: college professors. You know, yeah. Year before last, he said, "Y'all have we have point. our truth." You see, I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I always
2: go back to that pilot when he said, "What is truth?" I think their side's always what. And to quote Shaquille O'Neal at LSU, remember they said, Well, you know, what do you think about this guy who's up and coming? He went, Who? And they said his name again. He went, Who? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was acting like he never heard of him. Yeah, but the better. I don't know why I came over that, but go Google that one.
0: <laughs> it's but really you think fun. about it, he said a lot. Yeah. And you catch what he said from yeah. four different writers. But at the end of all of it, you add it up and you say but just, this is quite the individual as far as if you just want to put a resume right. i mean creator reconciler redeemer so well, that's, savior well
2: that's what i mean all these people in these college these college professors i'm like who who are you yeah yeah uh, i got a guy who was a prediction over hundreds of years you know you're talking about long term prognostications. thousands and, of years well, yeah, thousands. If you tie in the Genesis three, I mean, yeah, and all of a sudden, but these specific ones that Al was talking about that that come to fruition, and we're dealing with a star and from the every prediction that you, I mean, how many is it prophecies about Jesus? Oh, there's hundreds. Yeah, it's a lot of. I, I had a list of them. At Which point. what's even
1: interesting though, does even what people would think of other ancient religions are not really that ancient. I mean, Islam was 600 years, Muhammad was 600 years after Christ. I mean, it's it's a fairly old religion, well, some of their arguments still not going all the way back.
0: Some of their arguments, the atheist argument is, well, some guy just rolled in, read the Old Testament, and then he said, I'm the one that we're talking about. So, But right. when it gets down to, you know, so how do you explain his virgin birth? Right. I mean... His arrival, you know, what what do you have to do about that? How could he say, "Yeah, that that's
1: me right there well, what's interesting is though, and we share Christians, we share our history with Judaism, but then we forked off at Jesus for those that didn't come along with us because they're still practicing Judaism, yeah. so it's really interesting, I mean we do go back i mean we're we're yeah, ancient right. but you know? I
2: think as Christians, we've got to do two things. you've heard me comment on this, and i mean i'm I'm saying this in 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 love. One is sometimes Christians quote that salvation is found in no one else, Jesus. Right, But they almost say it in a way that's like, that yeah, and I'm glad you don't that, that they're that, proud they're not well, in. Well, and, and like <clears throat> being, being sectarian to a point to where you're alienating the people who don't look at Jesus. And I'm like, no, our job is the opposite. Yes, salvation is found in Jesus, and it's our job to make him presentable to other people. And the way Jesus did that, he went and ran around with the riffraff. That's right. He wasn't going around saying, you know, you're lost without me. Which was his greatest
1: criticism from the sectarian crowd, because remember, they didn't yeah. want these people in. They're just like, you know, I mean, every time they dealt with him, was like, oh, these people, who wants them
2: around? And Jesus was like, I want everybody in, you know? It's done through love and grace, and in Jesus, look, is the place where presentation does matter. That's right. It matters how you present him, because you can go to, I told this story earlier, but when I was in Austin, you know, there was a street. I was going to say preacher, but he was just a street hater. Just everybody that walked by, he was just hollering ferociously, hell fire, and brimstone, using four-letter words, but in the name of Jesus. I thought, how many people do you think he's going to convert? I'll tell you. Zero. Maybe one other crazy dude. What I'm zeroing in
0: on is in today's culture, in lieu of all of what's said, about this Jesus and all the things they say about him and the ones who follow him. The message of the cross, First 1 Corinthians 1.18, is foolishness to those who are perishing. It's true. They're like, what? Yeah. He did what? He, he got here. How? Virgin they like, you actually believe that junk? But to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. It's written, I'll destroy the wisdom of the wise. Uh, the intelligence of the intelligent, I'll frustrate. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Because we have a world full of them. Mm -hmm. So where are they? Uh, Where is the philosopher of this age? Who's going to go up against this Jesus? Uh, Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? He goes on down and said, Brothers, think of what you were when you called. Here's what makes them mad. Our, Our today's culture, the college professors, the news media, and all of them. Not many of you were wise by human standards. You see the 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 the, the C minus crowd. I'm a C plus. Whoa, whoopie! Then you have your <laughs> the D crowd, Al, and the F crowd. Yeah. You say the Apostle Paul seems to be saying this. This is who this is for. You get so smart, Jesus hides in plain sight right yep. in front of him. And you can't see him. You're like who? Not many of you were wise by man's standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. Well, if you start down that road, you say, all these people are being saved because they believe in Jesus. Look at that stupid bunch. We're looking at it like, whoo. We're looking at it like like the the wisest men of all say, fear God and do what he says. We're just trying to make it simple and say, look, these degrees— uh, how they, how's that going to help you with your sins and that physical death coming up? You're going to die.
1: Well, And, and e- all your brain's e- with you. Even super smart people still have the same problems everybody else has. Sure, Same sin problems, same sure. family problems. So really, it, that makes it common because Christianity and Jesus was born out of a need for something. I mean, need yep. for redemption, need for all those different things. So it's interesting, Jess, you were, you were talking about the... Sort of the chaos of the street preaching. It took me back to we did, went to Trump's inauguration in sixteen. You and Willie had a little better, you know. They're more known than me, so they were had a little more secure situation. You know, they had a bus that took them out. Yeah. I was out with the commoners, <laughs> out in the throngs. I wouldn't have gone if I had to go out. Well, with you come dragging up in the rear. So I was in the rear, right? But it's a lot so rougher. It's a very chaotic situation. So when, after, as soon as Trump is sworn in. They had a 21-cannon salute. The problem is I wasn't ready. I didn't know about the 21-cannon. So I thought somebody had set a bomb. I mean, like, my insides, when that first one, boom. You remember how loud it was? Oh, yeah. And so, you know, so it just kind of created. And then you had a bunch of protesters there, a bunch of anti-Trumpers had a lot of well, confrontations. Most of them
2: were just – I don't even think they were anti-Trump. A lot of them were anti-America. Everything, right. Yeah. So there's
1: a lot of skirmishes going on. There's people yelling at each other. So when we're going out of there, I'm in the mode of i got to get out of here because it's a huge throng of people. So it took me back to what Jay said. I, so this situation is chaotic. The roads are blocked. You can't just go any way you want to go. You have to go with the masses. And they've got these guys with these microphones – and they're kind of these big tall signs, the end is coming, the end of the world. And they're just yelling into these microphones they have. <laughs> and all it was doing, I, I mean, me as a believer, I looked at him, I thought, you were just adding to this oh, super chaotic, oh. terrible situation. I was like, up. You
2: know what, Al, I looked at him as there's no difference in what you're doing. That's what I thought. And what you're doing. Because all
1: it did was make me want to get I mean, I'm just now I'm almost at a gallop. Cause I'm thinking this I have wound up I have s- sunk into hell. Well, what, hate manifests it like.
2: itself in different ways, and you got to remember whenever this this makes people uncomfortable when you talk about it. But I'm not sure the exact verse. It's in First or Second Corinthians, but it says the evil one himself masquerades as an angel of light, and so do his servants. Yep. It's not like we think where. We think he's the evil ones running around with a pitchfork, and all you know, some of the people that we think, well, that's just evil. But he also works in churches where people come across as good and they may even have the facts right. But boy, it's just <laughs> they're hateful. And we look, I think every one of us has been to, and this is rare, but we've been to churches that are filled with hate, right? You know, and we preached on love, it didn't go well. <laughs> that's right, because we just weren't. I told you, I've said many times about the time I, when I was coming to an event, and they said, "Don't bring anybody black with you." I said, "I'm not coming unless I have somebody black with me." <laughs> right. Based on now, that, now that you put that out, and place. I mean, and I and that I mean that's been 20 years ago, but still, that's not that far. So look, there yeah. is racism alive and oh, well. I, I was a part of that. And, but I said, not only I'm I'm bringing my closest African American friends, and I'm preaching on racism, and love. They well, said, "Don't come." I said, "Okay." I mean, I just wasn't going to do it. Yeah, our
1: mentors, that Smith, Bill Smith, all the guys we talk about on the, on the podcast, they told us stories in the '60s. You know, before we didn't get to Wayside Road till '75. Mm-hmm. Of because they had always been open to black people at Ferry Road. And in the '60s, there were multiple times when crosses were burned hmm. on our church's property as a as a warning. You know, you keep having these black people in your church, we're going to torch the whole place. And that happened at the place we're all at now. And that was just mm-hmm. you know a decade before yeah. we got there. So you're right. I mean, I mean, I've
2: seen that. There's there's pockets of people everywhere. I think I said before I brought a guy to the Lord, and during his transition, when he was thinking about it, he, you know, we we came to where we meet. And he leaned over. Now, he hadn't responded yet, but he said, hey, there's there's a lot of black people in here. And I said, I hadn't noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it made me mad, but sure. I realized this guy hadn't come to Christ. Yeah. We're, we're You know, you just don't treat him with hate now. Well, right, because he, he doesn't. I mean, it did make me mad, yeah. but I, I thought that was the best response. And look, it, it led him to tears because, look, he was a victim of how he was raised and— and making bad decisions and carrying that on, but at some point you got to stop the cycle. Oh, yeah. And I've said this hundreds of times. Jesus is the only one that I know of that actually has a plan to bring all races of people together. That it's well correct. documented in here. That is correct. You do not notice people's color, no. what they have. What We all come together as sinners at the foot of the cross, yeah. and you don't even – he throws out the gender as well, which is another thing. I noticed one
1: of the quotes that, that I made on the podcast that, made the rounds on social media was that, so I guess it was some conversation we had is that racism has no place in Christianity and it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And I preach that my whole preaching career, you know, because we're in the South and, you know, I know some people who think like that, but I've always preached it strong because it, it makes no sense. I mean, we've talked about it before. You've read the verse in Galatians, you know, mm-hmm. there, there's none of that isn't the gender male or female, race of people look, it group. goes
2: both ways some of our closest friends are african-american they took a lot of heat for having like me and willie used to hang out in that neighborhood all the time and they took heat for having us there yeah because they'd tell ways. us they'd say you mm-hmm. know well, they calling us all these names and then people don't care for you or but you know after a few years i feel right now i could go anywhere in that neighborhood people know who i am there right And they know I love them, so I I, I do not feel threatened. I do, you know, I'm I'm colorblind in that situation because we have built a legacy of love with our family to this one family. But everybody knows who we are when we come there. Would you agree with that? Oh yeah, no doubt about it. It's a small neighborhood, but still, yeah. Let's take a break. So
1: one of our favorite uh, sponsors, Dad, is Omega XL. Uh, I had a great conversation with them uh, just a few months ago, uh, sort of about the science behind uh, what they do. And basically, it attacks inflammation. Uh, They've been researching this 35 years and putting out a great product. It's been super helpful to me. I know it has to you. It'll make you feel better. I'm speaking the truth in love. I have no aches and pains. I don't either. Zero.
2: That's pretty... That's that's quite a statement. Towards 75, not one.
1: So if you're suffering from aches and pains, you you might want to give this a shot. I'm hearing from a lot of our listeners, too, that have been trying it, and they've got good results as well. So Mm -hmm. appreciate getting that feedback. Here's what you do. Go to OmegaXL.com. You're going to buy your first bottle, get your second bottle free. OmegaXL.com slash fill. And you can also call them at 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. Check it out. You're right, Jason. And really, the critical race theory, this new thing, supposedly, is really just reverse racism. Now, it's like because you're white, you're instantly privileged, and then they list all the stuff. But, I mean, is that not racism?
2: You don't know me. I want to reach a place where you don't notice. That's right. It's just, I'm like, why, why are we having to stop and notice every Group of people, it should all be where well, You're colorblind, but hadn't you been
1: hearing this, Dad? With the, all, all the talk about Biden's cabinet, it's always it's always about gender, race. This is the first whatever to whatever to. What, I mean, it's just like why would you just get talented people, whether they're black, Hispanic, white? What difference does it make? Because I, mean, I
2: think only Jesus really produced. Because they're like, well, you're not going to do it. You're only saying that because you're white. Right. But I'm like, well, let's give them Jesus, because I know this. By the way, who wasn't white? Right. Jesus we, was
1: a person of color.
2: I mean, you know, go to the Middle East. When I'm participating in worship with every possible ethnicity on the planet, nobody in earshot of me is thinking about, oh, I'm standing next to a black person. <laughs> it, right. it, it, it's not happening because we have that oneness in Jesus. I mean, oh, yeah. to me, you want to do it, that that'll that'll work. Would you agree? Yeah, even the actors...
0: Who played Jesus and all the pictures that portrayed? <laughs> yeah. uh, they got him, you know, kind of like blonde hair, and blue, <laughs> With the blue said, eyes. No. All those pictures you, know, you see in people's houses. That's, oh.
2: that's not him. <laughs> you had me, <laughs> then, you lost, then me. you lost me.
1: So today is January the 4th, which means tomorrow is a momentous, very important day. Do either of you know? The I importance. actually do, oh, you actually and I'm going to
2: try to <laughs> shoot a green-winged teal drake in your honor. That would There's be good. There's a backstory on that. That's right. I used to for years when I
1: hunted a lot because I don't hunt much anymore. Uh, I always for I had about a 10-year run where I in, killed a green-winged teal on my birthday. Now one of the ways that happened, that didn't happen a lot down here. We were billing W.E. and I were hunting across the river mm-hmm. in a lot of fields, and so you know, there's a lot more teal available. Well, it was like 10 years in a row I killed a green-wing teal. And tail. we
2: treasure the green-wing teal more than Because they're others. so good to eat. We have story. number one Yeah,
1: and so that was kind of the yearly tradition, and then I started hunting exclusively down here, and then I went about a 10-year drought where we never <laughs> we never killed one. So I don't know, maybe you could find one well, for me, well, well, it. haven't. It's my birthday, look, by the way. I haven't, it's the momentous occasion.
2: I haven't seen a green-wing teal. Well, I saw one. In the last two weeks, so wow, it's going to be. And a, a
1: green winged teal drake is still one of the, to me, one of the prettiest ducks. Yeah. He when he's in full plumage, he's a beauty. Yeah. You know, ducks are the, you know, the male in the species is typically the one that, you know, which most birds are like that. They're the, they're the most plumed, the, the wow, brightest color. reason because they're that. competing, right?
2: Well, and the hen, she's built for hiding yep. when she's nesting, right? So now she's just think be, what. As Phil says, what category of seaweed determine this? Seawater. Right? And look, the Drake, I do this little bit in my speeches. I get up there because most people that hear me do the duck call thing, they don't They don't know what I'm doing. They're like, he has some sort of dangling things around his neck. And so A i's- device is,
0: devices devices <laughs> hanging around his neck that. Sound like birds, and I'm trying to but share. They Jesus. don't know the birds you're sounding like. They, right, they
2: I'm trying to get to Jesus, but these people have seen. You know, when we were on TV, and they're like, "What? You make duck whistles?" That's what they usually say. They That you know, we have a couple of whistling ducks, but most of them quack. They quackers or make some sort of sound. But I'll say, now look, I know this is gonna be really hard for y'all to grasp, but in the duck world, the hen. Well, she does a lot of talking. She does a feed. You know, if you think about it, it's true. She does a yep. feed call. She does a lot of quacking. She does a hail call. They call it hail call. Just rah, 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 rah. I said, but the drake he does one thing. He just goes, <laughs> and he wants everyone to stop and take notice of how he looks right. while he's doing it. So, and I'm like, I know this is a stretch us being humans. But in the duck world, the hens do a lot of talking, <laughs> and seemingly won't stop talking. And the drake will do one thing and just want everybody to stop what they're doing and acknowledge their presence. <laughs> right. Well, do y'all hum,
1: get the human okay. beings? Men, uh, women use <clears throat> on average about twenty five thousand words a day. Men about seven. You know, this has been now you are helping my argument. So, so it's, it is kind of the same. You know, the idea of the, the the older your mother
2: gets, the faster and more talk is coming out of her. I, I have noticed it. that. She's I don't know what her. that's about. I think the wood duck is the most hilarious because he's the most colorful duck I believe there is. There is more colors on him than any other, and all the drake does is this. It's a it's a real silent. Pssst. The hen. Squealer. Sounds like we call her squealer. Imminent danger! <laughs> call nine one one. She screams. <laughs>
0: there may be a connection there. Jason, drawing a a slight connection between boisterous ducks for and humorous
2: purpose. purposes only. only.
1: So, so Dad, um, I'll be fifty six. You, did you ever think you would live to see the day where your oldest son is turning fifty six years old? I mean, I'll be sixty and you know, former world birthdays. If One, well, at least you remember glad,
0: the math. I'm <laughs> glad uh, that we got started early. Because I've been running with y'all for yeah. fifty years, we've been able to. Which if live I'd have waited like the millennials are you wait till you're forty before you married. You'd, you'd be long gone. Long gone. <laughs> I don't so think they say 40. <laughs> maybe. Well, and we talked
1: about this before on the podcast, mm-hmm. but you and you baptized, you know, my now fifteen-year-old granddaughter, yeah, who's your great granddaughter. Oh, I and know. And so it. there's a pretty good chance if you know if you stay as healthy as you are now, that you may actually see her, your granddaughter, get married, which is amazing. This is incredible. I mean, that's another whole other potential. They can generation. say
0: what they want to about the patriarchal structure of families. Yeah. But when we all come together and look at it now, right? I can see clearly from the top to the bottom and all in between, you know, you, you, your children, your grandchildren, yeah. your great grandchildren. Right. Well, I'm at the great grand, and now the next one is great great grandchildren. Well, not too many people see that because they don't start early with their. At their births, see right. sure what I'm saying.
1: Well, right, and in, in American, the trend has been the last few years. Maybe like some said, argument on what's the later. best way
0: to roll, but uh-huh. it looked like to me the patriarchal system. I know everybody, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well,
1: in our case, and I give the tribute to Christianity. I mean, we're all still married to our original wives. Yeah. Um, and now my kids are married. Your kids are married. Uh, only one of your kids. And I
0: noticed if there's any children, little little. uh Mischief makers in mm-hmm. there. It's with us. It's a complete total from top to bottom. Yep. A family response it to it. It is.
2: That's it's exactly. not
1: like you know. Well, you know. Well, it
2: can... it's not if. It's when. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the bigger yeah. the family, the more issues. <laughs> I especially mean, especially in the teenage years. The
1: teenage years are trouble
2: for everybody. I mean, oh, all remember that. your teenage years. That's exactly I mean, right. It, it just. But I think that's how you should respond. I mean, I wish families, more families out there, because look that the the. The world is after your teenagers. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. They're, the predation because
1: it's their first awareness of spiritual things, of their own inabilities. Right. I mean, that's when everything comes alive. And in yeah, the spirit one of, my, of the internet, one of
0: my uh, she would be my granddaughter, great granddaughter. One of my great granddaughters is now a teenager. Right, and she hugged me the other night when she left. She said, "I love you, Papa," and I said, "Be good." She was like, in her eyes, you know, I said, said, be good. She was like. (laughs) And that's what I want her to hear. She hesitated for about a second there, like, be good. Hmm." Yeah.
1: Because, you know, there's the first exposure to sin, to worldly stuff, the Internet, of course, and social media, as we've talked about, and this stuff now that's being basically developed to help people sin more, it's I mean, just, yeah. you know, it, it's mm-hmm. the evil one is behind so much of it. So there's no doubt. Well, it's
2: just more. E- it's easier, and, and, and it doesn't and
1: mean it's any more pervasive or more difficult. It's just easier, and the access gets earlier and earlier. Let's mm-hmm. take another break. So I got a crash course into home title theft, and I got to tell you, I pray it never happens to any of us because it it, could, it ruins people. Um, and here's how it happens. The legal titles to our homes are kept online where they can be hacked. So a, t- a cyber thief, he finds your home title. He forges your signature on a quit claim deed stating that you sold your home to him. Then he takes out loans against your home until all your equity is gone. So that's how they work it out to be able to steal mm-hmm. someone's home. You won't know about it till all of a sudden the creditors start coming to you saying, you know, where's our money? And you realize someone literally has stolen your home. So a uh, home title lock. Uh, is, a, is a company that can help protect you. You go to com, register your address to make sure you're already not a victim or are one. Use the code RADIO for 30 free days of protection. That's code RADIO at com. I guess that's a perfect segue into back into John 21 because last time, Jays you talked about the need for community. And really, that's what you see in a family unit. If you're doing it the right Plus way. Uh, they, yeah. Looking
0: at these uh, disciples, it, it's kind of a f- structured family structure, and it's certainly a patriarchal structure because there's Jesus, the
1: one who well, brought it all together. We didn't say this last time, but I thought about this setting. Jesus is about to have this conversation with Peter, but you remember when they're all sitting there around the fire— Jesus already had some fish and some bread. He had already started the meal. It
0: was a family oh. setting. Yeah.
2: And, then and that's what brings people together. That's why I brought up the isolation Plus all thing. the
0: women that was following him. It doesn't mention them here, but but, but they were there.
2: Oh, no. Uh, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, in Acts 1, you're going to see that a little clearer. That's I mean, what I thought. This was the first kind of
1: scene mm-hmm. of what the New Testament church was going to look like. That's I love Acts
2: 1. It says when they were all up in the upper room along with the women and they prayed, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and... I mean, because our, our, our churches get so legalistic. They're like, oh, we, we're going to do this in decent and in order, and the men are doing this and the women. You had a group of people who put their faith in Jesus. The Holy Spirit was fixed to fall out, Acts 1.14, and guess what? You've got 120 people here, which is sad, Based on what Jesus had just done, <laughs> well, that the number right. was that
1: small. It shows you how many people Don't just me. scattered to the four winds. Well,
2: and a lot of people say, "Oh, well, you can't read anything into that." It said all the believers were were there. It was 120 of them. Yeah, when Jesus
0: and, died, when he came to, over in uh, Luke, uh, which is where we're headed next, when all the people had gathered to witness the sight, saw what took place, and that was that was when Jesus died. They beat their breasts and went away. But all those who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things.
2: Yeah. Well, let me read you, this, Phil. You, you know what I'm saying? Because that goes um, in with what I'm saying. It says, in those days, in Acts 115, Peter stood up among the believers. And then in parentheses it says, a group numbering about 120 well, right before that, in, in verse 14, it said all the uh, apostles were there, and it lists them, and it says they had all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. That's right. So you got the crew here. Yep. And my point about this isolation is when somebody gets mad or things happen or somebody makes a mistake, we are talking about our teenagers, what we tend to do is say, you know, I'm, I'm quitting and moving to, you know, Antarctica, and I'm doing my own thing. And that's just not what, how we're supposed to respond. you got to roll up your sleeves, swallow your pride, and work it out, for the, especially for the common cause of Jesus. Right? I mean, that train has to move on. Because I believe in the same way as what those apostles did in those 120, I don't think anything's changed with what we're doing. That's we right. go out. We share Jesus. There's ups and downs within our family, but no matter what happens, we're going to work it out. You know, I, I was given a, a young youth some, some guidance. His girlfriend broke up with him. He asked me what I thought. I mean, he was, I, I bet he's probably 20, I don't know. And he's like, well, you know, I was asking him about it. That's how it come up. And he's he, he, I said, well, now what happened? He said, well, she just, he had been going with her a couple of years, and he said she just said she needed some, some time and some space I said, to do what? He said, I don't know. That's what she told me. I said, there's no It's always scenario. a bad
0: sign yeah. when, when your woman says, I need some space because yeah. she means
2: And I
1: said you need to disappear. <laughs> well what I, she means is I don't need you in my space.
2: <laughs> I said, so let me get this right. For for your relationship, she wants to isolate from you and and do what? And he said, Well she said she needed to work on her and then she would let me know when that's worked out. I said, you have to move on. <laughs> it's over. But he's like, wait, what do you mean? No, she's she's time, space, working. I said, like, no, that, there's no scenario where this is good. I said, because when you get married, guess what? Let's say she does come back, you get married. Well, what happens when she says, oh, it's time for me to have space again and time work? It? You can't take timeouts in marriage. You need to tell her. Whatever we do, whatever you're going through, we're going to get through it together. You you can't isolate and say, "Oh, I'll get back to." I said, "Now she might have just been being nice, saying bye, bye." (laughs) adios amigo." But there's no scenario based on what I read from a spiritual view where this is a positive. Yeah, and to your point, this is all negative.
1: To your point about marriage, when two become one, you don't become two again not no. the way it works. <laughs>
2: well, and you build a foundation. I had one what?
0: yesterday. They asked me that question It's a family group and they had they uh, uh obeyed the letter when it when the Bible says be fruitful and multiply because they had 12 children and they were in a line and the oldest one's about 19. He had woman problems and they said, "Do you have any words for whatever his name was?" <laughs> he's, he's having, he's having, he's having. Okay, Phil forgets everybody. Yeah, yeah he's having a problem. Well, it was a lot of them, twelve of them. I can't remember oh, no. which one he was, but they basically said, "Could you help here?" And I'm just, I, I told him, I said, "Look, uh, just listen to today's lesson. Keep your relationship with God intact. Things come and things go." I said, "If you're gonna have a severe problem here, it's best this is pre-marriage. Y'all are just dating." They were planning to marry or whatever, but she pretty well put the I need a little space here. Yeah. And he was devastated. And I tried to cheer him up, said, Look, eternity is riding on a highway operator on planet yeah. Earth, taking stride, put it in the Lord's hands and it'll work out.
2: But you know, I'm not it sounds like we're being coy about it, but I remember being that age and you know, you get in love and you yep. know and, and somebody says that and you just say, Oh, you know, well maybe it'll work out But when you apply these spiritual principles, you just think what all these disciples have been through and everybody have been through, and they made a a great decision. We're going to stick together despite all the difficulties. And now we have a reinstatement, which I think says a lot about how we are to be in the church. No matter what anybody does or anyone says, God in his grace and mercy always provides a path. Uh, your, mother, your
0: mother told me, Burley, and Stone, they were there last night. They'd been out on a hunt, you know, and I'd whipped up a little uh, shrimp, au gratin and I reminded them about it, and they, they showed up. And they were having that au gratin and listening. But Miss Kay said at 14, and I was like 16, she said, that is the man I want to marry, that, that, this guy right here. I want to marry him. She said, "I made my decision right there at fourteen, and I've never wavered since."
1: So, she's well. Yeah. What's She said she wanted a pioneer man, which you have certainly <clears throat> become. But you weren't there at fourteen; I sixteen or whatever no. it was that. Time. Be
2: careful what you wish for; <laughs> yeah. it can be bumpy. She said, "One of <laughs> it the, will
1: be bumpy." One of the
0: parameters was she said. She mentioned a lot. She said he told me that when when hunting season came along, that uh, the dating process was pretty well over until. Yeah. oh, that's okay <laughs> yeah. she said he reminded me of that, and he stuck to it he he went I didn't see him much when I just waited, yeah so, all the way through right, yeah I
2: heard look. She, she did it I wouldn't have She, she, but, she hung uh, in there Jace so,
0: that's the reason You're here so. That's exactly right Me too
2: you and close to a Modern I had to revisit Thank your mama
0: Thank your mama For being faithful <laughs> I had to I re- revisit
2: My thoughts on Modern day miracles After this happened Because <laughs> yeah. there ain't No way in heck I would have hung around That's <laughs> but- <laughs> Well a lot of people told that Let's take
1: another break So so to our back to our John 21 Um one of the things that uh, we haven't mentioned yet, which I thought was interesting because I, I just preached a sermon on this text, and when, once I was kind of diving back into it, I realized that if you go back to Luke 24, remember the the two guys, the road to Emmaus, which we've talked about during the story. And so afterwards, the, the two disciples that Jesus appeared, he walked down the road with them and and they sat around a meal. It's kind of similar to this. And then all of a sudden, he, they recognize who he was, and then he just vanished. He disappeared. Mm-hmm. They go back to the other disciples, and here's what they said. This is Luke 24, 34. The Lord has risen and appeared to Simon. And, and then right after that, he appears to all of them. So And then also in Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, 5, when he's laying out Jesus' appearances going back, he says, and that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. Do you then think this 12th.
2: happened first?
1: Well, either that or it could be. The other possibility could be is that he appeared privately at some point during these appearances to Peter. We just don't have a record of it. I mean, it. I
2: always look at the timing of the different Gospels as... we well, never you know because you know, they're recording it by their own way. Yeah, yeah, I don't try to figure out the details, and I've been to churches that do. And it becomes boring because one thing is it's hard to make everything fit. Right. But meanwhile, you're missing the point of what happened here, which is the greater heart need for us. I mean, the, the point is you would think Peter denied Jesus publicly three times after saying he would all die for you and all these things. And now you have this confrontation
1: so so that's what I'm saying. The two possibilities are is that he had appeared to him privately and had a conversation, and this is the more public conversation because the other disciples were there, or this is that instance that they're talking about. But if you Either have, way, it does if matter. You have an
0: appearance after someone saw you die, that would help. <laughs> it helps a lot. In fact, <laughs>
1: wow. in fact you mentioned, Jase, you mentioned in that. You hatch. know,
0: you saw him die and then.
1: Well, think about this. Maybe that, that, I was wrong on that <laughs> one. The Acts 1 setting that you described, remember it said, and his brothers were there? Well, you remember when his brothers were around all through the Gospels, they didn't believe John
2: him. John 7, 5 clearly states it. They says didn't believe it. His brothers did not believe in him. No. And then in Acts 1, they're sitting there in the they're, room praying. You what, say, what I don't understand what happened. <laughs> yeah. When your brother dies and you go to his funeral, and then a few days later you're like, hey, I'm back. Guess what? You are now a believer. <laughs> I'm listening
1: to this guy, whatever it takes. So so the the only reason I brought it up is because, like you said, Jesus' first question to Simon, he's going to ask him three times, do you love me? But he, the first one he says, do you love me more than these? Mm-hmm. And so in my sermon I mentioned, so who or what are the these? Because that's a hanging pronoun. We know that from our old English days. right? It's a hanging pronoun. We don't know who these are. Or what these are, and so it was really interesting. So I, I, I talked about it in my sermon that I'd always taken this to mean that the these were the other disciples because they had now just eaten the meal. This
0: is the third time that Jesus uh, appeared to his disciples, right? Well, after no, he was raised from the dead. Remember the, the first, one?
1: first time when he just shows up. First
0: time I didn't know who it was
1: exactly. Then the they right. had the doors Whoa. locked, in the and then room. then then he, the second time was when. Um, Thomas, who yep. missed the first time, so he comes back again a week later. It says, mm-hmm. and then there's this one.
2: Yeah, so you had the door when the head doors locked. They had the Thomas reveal. Yep, and then yeah, this one. And then, I think that's right. That's right.
1: So so, and that's the three that John records. So what's interesting is when Jesus says this, I've always assumed it meant, "Do you love me more than these?" Either more than these do, or do you love these guys more than you love me? I mean, it could go either way. But then Jay's talked about on the podcast. I think we talked about the podcast. We did. I shared the, story, shared the story of, of Jeff. Uh, I guess I can say
2: his name. Yeah. yeah. Jeff Smith. One, I didn't say it in my sermon. but Hey, it, one I, of the best people I know. Right. He, he basically deal with the trout lure, what we did with duck calls. He, he is a trout, I, I would say. Commander. He, yeah, he is a <laughs> trout commander. And I have fished with him a couple of times. And, and I, you know, I've fished a time or two in my life. And he beat me ten to one, catching wise. Right. He's just like a human trout. I think the name of his lure is Trout Magnet. Right. He's just a trout magnet. They just they come at him because he's figured out every way to catch a trout there is. So he knew I told him he was doing. So I told him. I think
0: st- he's saying these guys love me, but they didn't do what you did, which so is did. What, I've thought. Thought. Right. Which, right. what I've always thought. You love me more than these. That's what I've always thought. But
2: in the story, I was fishing with Jeff. And he said, we're sitting there fishing, and he's a, he is a very Jesus-loving spiritual man. When he asked me to do something, i do it because he, he is a Jesus man. Yep. I like having people like him in my in your group. Yeah, yeah. I, I just because his lifestyle proves it. So we're sitting there fishing, and he said, do you love me more than these? He just kind of said that. And I was like, what's he talking about? I didn't recognize the passage right, right off the bat. He said, what do you think that meant? And so then I started going through the the chapter in my mind as we were fishing. And I said, well, there's two choices. It's either the disciples or it's those 153 fish he, he caught. Well, when I said it like that, he said, you're the first person I've ever known who had that number off the top of their head. I said, well, I'm a commercial fisherman. When he said he caught 153 without breaking a, a mesh, I'm never going to forget that fishing story. And so then, do you want to finish the yeah. story? Uh, let's take one
1: last break. So, so I'm telling the story because I had never thought about that until Jace brought it up on the podcast. Because what happened is with, with Jeff
2: is he heard that in a sermon. He asked himself that question, if it were the fish he thought he thought he's sitting in a sermon and he thought, do I love Jesus more than I love catching trout? And unfortunately, when he asked himself, <laughs> he I hope he does answer. that, mind me sharing this story. No, he said he said the answer was no. Wow. He loved fishing. So what he did was he said, I need to do something about that. So he parked and his boat for three years. He parked his boat for three. I think it was three years, two or three years. It was a long time. To make sure and, he had it right, so I so and I and he asked himself that question right. over and over, and he, there came a day where he said, "I love Jesus," and he poured himself into John the, the yeah. Jesus. And when the day came that he loved Jesus more than, than fish, he said, "I started fishing again." Yeah.
1: which I love that story also because funny. we get asked a lot about that. We've talked about in the past about hunting and how do you make it not an idol, and so in my sermon. I just went down that road, and I used that story as a launching pad about Mm -hmm. how powerful idolatry can be. And I told the story about Lisa and I, which we've talked about on here before. Lisa was on the podcast that she had made me her idol. She she was living off of my faith, and she didn't have any. She was void. So fifteen years into our marriage, because she didn't have Jesus as her Lord, she had me as her Lord. I was her idol. Well, the whole thing falls apart, and our marriage did. And I was making the point, because you know a lot of men are like, oh, man, I wish I had a woman that worshiped me. No, you don't. <laughs> yeah, No, you don't. You not know either. why? Because you're not worthy well, of worship. Well, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And so that was my point. Jesus says you can't serve two masters. It's really brilliant. You'll love one, and you'll hate the other. Think about how that works. If you love Jesus more than anything else, then you hate sinful stuff. You don't want to mm. be a part of that. But if you love the other stuff more than you love Jesus, you'll eventually hate God. And you see it happen every single day. That's why is you know Jesus is the most brilliant one there. But you know, I wanted big, to bring up problem
2: about Jeff. He uh, and now he uses that fishing talent. I mean not only I think God bless his business. I mean he became the biggest oh, trout yeah. uh, lure salesman in the world. But he also uses it like every year he'll take uh there's a local Christian university there where he's from and he'll take these young youths who are going to give their life to sharing Jesus or preaching or whatever. He takes them on like a weekend of fishing and, but he's trying to make them fishers of men, mm-hmm. which I love it because the very thing that he had to look at himself, he didn't do it for a story or he, he don't even know I'm sharing this. He just looked inward and said, you know what? I'll go to church cause I, I, he was basically going to church as an insurance policy. But what he loved was fishing. And so now he goes fishing and uses that to the glory of the Lord. Yep. But what he loves is Jesus. And that was the transition. So he uses that now kind of like a platform, like yep. we do. Even though he's not a famous guy, he's famous in that world because of his skill set and his lures. Right. And I love that That that's that's what the conclusion that he made And he doesn't go around and speak. He's not much of a speaker. But he'll call me, and I'll go speak to them boys that he's taking fishing. And it's just a perfect situation because I'm like, these are, you know, the last time I went up there, it was 50 of them. 50 guys, teenagers, early 20s, saying, we're going to be preachers. Well, who in the world do you want to give a good good taste of Jesus and share stories like this? Right. Mm -hmm.
1: So the point is, whether it's the... Whether it's the fish or the lifestyle of commercial fishing, or whether it was the disciples, the point is the same. Nothing can be above Jesus. That's correct. So any of those scenarios are all the same
2: thing. But In it's got to come from your heart. Got to be the heart. You got to look at yourself and say, because it's not where I take issue with some religious people is they'll get up and rail about somebody going and fishing on Sunday. You know, if a guy's heart is right. And he's had that conversation. There's not some legalistic set of of boxes that you have to check. Because a lot of people go to church every Sunday and are meaner than a rattlesnake. (laughs) We've met these people. Well, it was just like you on the last
1: podcast. You talked about taking a couple of guys hunting. On a Sunday morning. Yeah. And with the purpose of sharing Jesus with them, which you And did. I share Jesus. I mean, and I plan
2: to meet at church later, but you know, when you go, you realize when you go out in the hunting world, things happen. That's right. And so I wound up being late, missed the whole thing. But in my mind, I'm like, I'm not going to feel bad about that. God knows my heart, and I'm sharing Jesus, and, and I had the right.
1: Well, in, your own intention. mission, your own task. We but It this. burns
2: me up when people. <coughs> I I hate it when when preachers get up and rail against people who are not there. I'm like, we're here. They're like There's people out there shooting deer this morning instead of being with the Lord and grinding this out like everyone. What'd you say was the, say the that, country you know? song where the guy says I'd
1: rather be on, on the lake thinking about Jesus <laughs> than in church thinking about
2: fishing <laughs> which kind One of the greatest songs ever. And you two guys you sent me the email saying I was wrong about that, you need to repent in a loving way.
1: <laughs> so 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 Jesus asked Ask him three times, which I think is the direct correlation to Peter denying him three times. In other words, it's the only no thing. No doubt, you I think that's figure. obvious. I mean, it has to be that. So Peter says every, first time he says, "You know, you know, I love you, Lord." The same time, I know you love you, Lord. Now the third time it says he was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time which is kind of funny because you'd think Jesus, Peter would understand what Jesus was doing. I
2: denied you once, I denied you twice. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. That, I remember.
1: There was a third, but it didn't. It said he was hurt, and he's, here's what, his answer was different the third time. He said, you know all things, and you know that I love you. And that's just a little well, phrase, but I thought, yeah. you know, he's really making a statement because he's saying, you know everything. You know
2: that I love you cuz he did he knew his heart he did but i think you should give him a quick tutorial he used a different greek word there they had four words for love correct and, and so there's
1: there's two different words that are present and so the words are phileo which means brotherly love we philadelphia the city of brotherly love the, another greek word is the word uh, agape which you see primarily in the new testament which is basically a sacrificial christian love so if we were if we were using the greek words it would be like this Jesus said, Do you phileo me? And Peter said, Yes, I phileo you. In other words, yes, I love you. You're There's my brother. You're, you're, you're my brother. Then then Jesus said, Do you agape me? But it's interesting, Peter says, Yes, I phileo you. Now these are this is how John recorded. Third question, do you agape me? yes i love you. So he never says, he never tells Jesus back, yes i agape you. Mm-hmm. And so i said in my sermon, i don't know the implications now, of that. I think but, you're
2: right because then cuz that love being sacrificial, this is a deep point in a short period of time. But then Jesus Do it in a minute. Jesus tells him about how he's going to die, how he's going to be sacrificed, Correct. which <coughs> exactly makes I you think. think, look, there's a deeper love and that's why you got to look into yourself, which is why you know, we told the the trout fisherman story. It's not a story. The guy's a real guy. I mean, because in his, he had to ask himself that question. And I think as a fisherman, because a lot of people think we well, are just, you know, what if it is the disciples? But if you got died
0: on his behalf. Their love was there. Oh, That's it right. was
2: that. Well, you know, it was because. And what he, he says
1: what you said. They said, "I tell you the truth." When you were young, you dressed yourself, but there's going to be a day where you stretch your arms out and someone else is going to dress you. Mean it, and then John said he meant to say that's how he was going to die. Right. So, so that was the ultimate. Sa- later, uh,
0: later on, in his letters that he wrote, you know, he said that was that was my. I, I knew that was kind of death was coming. Yeah, he said, that, and that's my departure. That's right. But I liked the way he looked at it. He yeah. didn't say that was my death. That was the end to me. He said it's when I depart. That's right. He says, yeah, but it's a good question. He said, in "As all, the Lord is reminding me, of what kind of death I'm going to die?"
2: In yeah. all relationships, you know, you're like you're dating a girl. You're like, okay, do I do I love her? Yeah, yeah. Would I give my life for? Her? Now, now keep in mind, Peter had said that earlier, which is what makes all this, I think, to your point, mean something. Because remember, he said, "Oh, I'll give my life for you." And <laughs> yeah. Jesus said, "Yeah, you're fixed to deny then me." Then he hit three the times. road,
0: <laughs> and then he did give his life. So for then her, he's you know? like, "Do you yeah.
2: agape me?" What yeah. happened to the, you? And I think Jesus took that comment. That's why you shouldn't make stupid comments that that are <laughs> embellishments when it comes to making a vow to the Lord. Leave the, the vow. No, no, no vows. Yeah, don't say. Yeah, don't do that. I'll no. give my life for you. When Jesus knows that you're fixed to deny me three times. But I wanted to say this. I think the reason we can relate to this as fishermen. I think he was so caught up in the excitement of seeing the 153 fish being caught, because you think about all our memories, Phil, because we love the outdoors and hunting and fishing. We, I can go through a top 10 list of greatest excitements where 100 pintails come in at the Cypress Lake. I mean, you remember it. You were there, which caused yep. a 10-year argument between me and Cy, but that's beside the point. It was such an awesome event. You remember when we caught the 100 bass? at a, at a beaver dam. And then on the way back, we ran a net and there was a seven foot alligator gar in the net. I mean, it was like, we caught a hundred bass. Then we catch a seven foot alligator gar. I mean, so we remember the excitement of these things that happened over the last 40 years. We're here. This happened, I think to get their attention, which is ultimate. So,
1: uh, for our in the woods, uh, uh, Watchers, uh, well, I got one more bonus point I want to make. So for unashamed, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes, and don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com/unashamed.